podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, or good night, dependent on entirely when you're listening to this podcast. You're welcome, ladies. You're welcome, gentlemen. You're welcome, boys. You're welcome, girls. You're welcome, hermaphrodites. You're welcome, animals. You're welcome, innate objects and plants. Everybody and everything in this world is welcome. You know what? This is the rules of the weird podcast. You know, we will welcome anyone with open arms on the proviso that you're not a dick. Do you know what I mean? That's what we're all about here. We don't care about your religion. We don't care about your ethnicity. We don't care about anything other than how you conduct yourself. If you're a good person, you're welcome to the podcast. If you're not, like say, for example, for Toxic, you may be the mayor of Hollywood, then you're not welcome. Then what you should do is just get yourself into a low position, jump up very high in the air, as high as you can jump, a frog jump, Tuck your arms and land on your head. That's what you should do if you're not a good person. But anyway, welcome. It's episode 28 of the Weird Podcast. We've done it. We've got the landmark. We've hit episode 28, which means we're past the 27 Club. Unlike people like Kirk Cobain, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, River Phoenix, Amy Winehouse, we've done it. We're at episode 28. The Weird Podcast is carrying on. You'd be pleased to know. And hey, I feel like we're going from strength to strength. Over the last couple of podcasts, I feel like we've got a wee bit of a rhythm going. People are engaging. You know, it seems the numbers are going up. The listens are going up. We're expanding. The weirdness is going worldwide. And by worldwide, I mean, yeah, it's probably stopping at the greater Belfast area. But hey, we've got to start somewhere, don't we? And this episode, not only is it episode 28, which is an important milestone, it's also got a little bit of sadness behind it today. Because episode 28 would be the last episode that I record in my house that I currently live in. Now, a lot of you will know through listening to the podcast that I've been in the process of moving house. There's been ups, there's been downs, there's been stress. But we've got it all sorted. Everything is signed, sealed and delivered. The sold sign's on in the house outside. I'm living inside like I'm in a Natalie Umbrella video. Just boxes everywhere. Um, albeit that's only the one video, but hey, you got the reference. Um, in a house surrounded by box, yo, I'm not P Diddy. I'm talking l- quite literal boxes, and yeah, it, it's a bit sad, but also it's very exciting. You know, it's sad because the Boy Town podcast was first of all recorded here, and then we had to move out of my office whenever um my fiance quite um inexplicably and inappropriately decided "Uh uh-uh you ain't having an office no more you gotta have a nursery in there for the baby i was like bitch what do you think underneath the kitchen sinks for perfect size for a baby nice and warm bit of a draft as well sometimes little mices can get in little micey mices can come in for company but no that wasn't gonna fly i had to get rid of my office I had to put a nursery in there, you know, no hard feelings, but yeah, I'm, I'm holding a grudge, I'll get revenge as as Holly gets older, um, but I feel like it's, I'm looking around and I'm I'm getting a wee bit emotional now, I'm not an emotional guy, but I do sort of feel a bit, a bit sad on it, but on the bright side, I'll get a new space, I'll get a new place, and hopefully, you know, the, the podcast will go from strength to strength, but again, that all comes down to you folk. Massive thank you to anyone that has rated or reviewed the podcast on, on iTunes. If you haven't and you listen, go on. Go on to your iTunes. It'll take you two minutes. 
Look up Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. Give it five stars and write something about it that you like or whatever. I'll read it out, the weirder the better. You know, subscribe to it on SoundCloud. Tell people about it. You know, share it. If a tweet the podcast like, just retweet it. It's on Facebook. Just share it. Get it out there and we can go from strength to strength. Um, but for those of you that have been loyal listeners, I appreciate it. And this week's great. Lots of questions to go through. Lots of stuff I want to talk about. Um, I just want to f- briefly start off with, I had I finally had a Starbucks experience. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, Yo, Dave, is Joseph Fritzl your dad? Are you just having a Starbucks experience now for the first time? Let me elaborate. I've been to Starbucks. I've booked. I've done that before, but I have not had an experience in Starbucks. And what I mean by that is a lot of comedians, famous, up and coming, generally talk a bit about Starbucks in their set. Because something always happens in Starbucks. And I've just been one of these guys. I just go in, I get my coffee and I leave. But I had an experience this week. Now, first of all, it must be noted. Starbucks would not be my general port of call for my morning coffee. I like my Lavazza coffee. I have my wee instant Lavazza. It costs me about 59 quid a month to get this coffee. Probably exaggerating, but feels like it on a budget for a new da. But I like that. I like my coffee black. And I like it strong, just like I like my men. But I normally have my own coffee before I go to work and whatnot in the morning. This week, I had training to go to. And not like the normal training, you know, for me, because you know I'm a physique guy, but quite literal training of work. So I had to nip into Starbucks. And I'd been to the gym that morning, as per. So it was a little bit warm. I didn't think I wanted my regular hot black coffee. I wanted a cold brew. So I went, got in line, but as I was going up, it was an odd scene, there was just a dude on a phone call in a suit, sort of like walking in front of the little fridge cabinet area, you know where they store all the like yummy yummies, like caramel squares, muffins, and those weird wee chocolate lollipop things that Starbucks do, why have those, who buys those? See if you buy one of them, I think there should be a, an off-duty cop always in Starbucks just making a note of people that buy those wee chocolate lollipops and just, you know, just all I'm saying is check out their uh, their browser history and then come back to me and, you know, call me a precog, call me Tom Cruise, say I'm of a master of minority reports, but you can thank me in the future. But anyway, I digress. So this guy is standing just in no particular place, just about, and I'm like, right, okay, I'll hop in the queue. As I go to get in the queue, still on the phone, this guy just walks in front of me. At this point, I was like, yo, this is one ignorant motherfucker. Just, that is rude. But again, I retain my calm. And he's there, and he's just chatting. Now, he's talking shit. Talking loud, so people know about what he's talking about. He's talking about sales of some description. Now, he's wearing a court suit, which by a court suit, I mean, it's a grey, shiny suit. You know, you only wear a grey, shiny suit if you can only afford to buy a suit that's like 20 quid, and you just wear it to go to court to get sentenced for like joyriding that's what those suits are for now this guy instantly I'm not going to be one to judge solely on a suit you know the fact that he had two black stud earrings in and a very shitty haircut I was like nah this guy's not a legit businessman he's not a Richard Branson he's more like a, he's like I was going to say Dell boy but he's more like rent boy you know this guy He's the bottom of the scale and whatever he's selling. I was like, I just don't like this guy. He's rude. Then he gets up to order his coffee and he orders some fucking, some stupid 
concoction I couldn't even tell you what it's called. Like, I'm a simple man. As I've got older, I've become simple. See all these different coffees you get? Get a coffee, yeah. And if you want to be spicy, you you know, you want to mix it up, you want to try something out of the ordinary, put a bit of milk in it. Do you know what I mean? Do that. But this guy's getting all fucking sorts cream, steaming, chocolate, caramel, a shite in it. And like, a bit of me was jealous because the guy was in good shape. I'll give him that credit where it's due. And I'm busting my balls trying to get in shape. I'm still struggling. But yo, this guy is eating all this shit a day. And I was like, right, okay, I'm losing my temper a bit here. I finally ordered my coffee. And he just went to the wee waiting area. He's waiting on his coffee coming through. Still on the phone. Just like, just talking about his little shit. Like, right, I go to the toilet. I come back. And then as I went to the toilet, I came back. He was off his phone call. And then my coffee was ready before his. Because, you know, it takes about five coffee makers. Cafe. Assistants, whatever they're called. I'm not going to call them baristas. Because I'm just not. So these coffee makers are making this stuff or whatever. And he's there. Now my coffee comes out. Before his. And the guy goes, Dave. Because obviously he put my name on it. It's that thing now. So as that was happening, he ends his phone call. And he goes to me, yo, big man, it's your coffee. And I was like, I don't like it when people call me big man. It's patronizing. And also you're a dick. But to make matters worse, right? He lifts the coffee to give to me, hands it over. And what does he say as he hands it over to me? He goes, you're really funny, mate. And I just went, you know what? Everything I thought about you, out the window, you're a gentleman, a scholar, and a hero. And when my daughter grows up, I hope she meets and marries someone like you. Fantastic young gentleman. And it just goes to show, ladies and gentlemen, my point being, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, don't maybe think that a book looks like a shitty little wanker when really you open it up and you read it. It's life-affirming. But that's just the kind of guy I am, an inspiration. Like, I'm inspiring people with my words of wisdom, my proverbs, my anecdotes. And also, hey, it's coming. I'm inspiring people with my physique guyness. For anyone that hasn't listened to podcasts before, yeah, I'm a physique guy now. Whatever, deal with it. Do you know what I mean? What is a physique guy? Just somebody that's got a pretty major physique, just dealing with stuff. You know, whatever. I go to a personal trainer, I pump iron. Yeah, pretty jacked. Am I going to be in Love Island this year? Probably not. Um, Would I get dumped if I did that? Yeah, probably. And would embarrass myself if I was in trunks in Love Island? For sure. But hey, we're trying to move on. And this week, hopping the scales. Drum roll, please. Dumpf. It's just a lamp egg. One one drum. Dumpf. Um, I'm the exact same weight as it was last week. Which, you might be thinking, um, that's kind of shit for a physique guy. Uh, the truth of the matter is, it's actually brilliant. Because last weekend, I was at Colin Geddes' wedding. And drank and ate like as if I was Henry VIII and then following that I had like a three day hangover which you guessed it that I clean on the days of my hangover um, as they say in Spain niente absolutely didn't but I retained the same weight and now I have one more week to go um, in amongst the house move and I'm hoping that by this time next week I'll shift a couple more pounds and then from next week I'm doing apparently a four week 
cutting diet, which is going to be so shit, I'll absolutely 100% hate that. But be sure to check up the Weird Podcast to hear how my progress goes. <laughs> Whoa, I, I'm sure it's nothing but exciting, eh? Yeah, it's definite sarcasm. Um, if you're listening to this just to hear general chit-chat, unfortunately you're going to have to hear some physique guy stuff, because that's just who I am. You know, that's just the guy that we're dealing with. I'm a physique guy, first and foremost. Secondly, I'm a comedian. You know, that's part and parcel. Physique guy, 24-7. Comedian, like, how many other hours a day I spend writing and doing stand-up, you know? Speaking of which, I have a busy old week. Um, If you're listening to this podcast, if you're super keen to hear the podcast, and you listen to it, like, as soon as it comes out on a Monday, I'm doing uh, a quick set at the Pavilion tonight. Monday the I you I have to go for Larson Wenger or uh, Monday the uh, you know fourteenth maybe of uh, <laughs> of May you know um no I'm doing I think it's the fourteenth my dates are totally wrong yeah it's fourteenth Monday at the Pavilion and then on Wednesday sixteenth I am on at Lavery's Comedy Club it's myself Connor Keys Shane Todd and Mickey Bartlett good lineup um and then Friday is the big one Friday the 18th of May the big one my first outing of my new show Dad at the Strand Art Centre um yeah it's come along quickly alright I've had a lot on my plate um over the last while so it's kind of just crept up on me but yeah I'm ready to go I'm excited about the show and hopefully you know you'll get your tickets because I will do the show again no doubt about it. I'll probably do it in Belfast again. I'll probably maybe do it in another few places around the country and maybe abroad. Ooh, foreign. <laughs> no, I mean like probably Dublin or like Glasgow or whatever. But um, I'll not be ever doing it for six quid again. So, you know, if you want to get a cheap ticket to see the show and also uh, an opportunity to bring as much booze as you want because it's BYO. Go to the Strand next Friday. This Friday, when you listen to it. The 18th of May for my show, Dad. I can't wait to do it. I'm excited about it. Um, I feel it's my best show yet. Albeit I've only done one full hour and also a half hour show. So I think it's my best one yet. I'm excited about doing it. Uh, and hopefully you guys really like it, you know. I really just I hope you do. I'd love it if you did. It'd be so cool. Um probably shouldn't have done that voice I was trying to do a little girl's voice there like yeah you know like I'm like a really cute girl or something from like high school but then it probably just sounded like quite camp and offensive and I didn't mean that to be the case because I've had LGBT training this week that was a training I went to when that sweet legend in Starbucks uh interrupted my place in the queue you know that's what I was doing I was heading to training um and yeah, it was it was an eye opener the old LGBT training. Um, I should point out it's not just I'm not training to be an LGBT person. It's training around the awareness of the issues faced by people from the LGBT community. Explaining perhaps to people that aren't, you know, as in the know what certain terms mean. And hey, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable in the field. I consider myself quite, um, you know, open to things. Like as I said earlier, you know, people, I welcome everybody as long as they're sound. First and foremost, that's that's what we want. But um, even I found that some of the terms and things regarding LGBT was, was quite confusing. Now, 
I found out first and foremost, <clears throat> apparently, I'm a bisexual. A lot of people probably tripped up there, dropped whatever they're holding, spat out if they were drinking something, <laughs> shocked. But yeah, apparently that is what I am according to the definition. Because what what we were told is a bisexual is a person who, um, you know, may be in a relationship with somebody of an opposite sex. However, finds people of the same sex attractive. And if you listen to last week's podcast, that guy that was a guitarist at Colin Geddes' wedding, whoa, sexy AF. So on the basis of that, I'm bisexual, so now I'm out as that, you know what I mean? Technically, it's only that guy and then this other guy that's like got amazing beard and makeup and stuff. But apart from that, you know, I would, I would say I'm just a, a heterosexual guy, but apparently not, I'm bisexual. And also realise too, you know, you should probably digest in that, enjoy it, swallow it, and take it in. But there are also different types of classification. So on the way form, you had to fill out like what you thought about training. Um, you had to put down, for some reason, what you were or what you identified as being. So I put, at that stage, heterosexual. Didn't know it was bisexual at that point. Later on, found out. But one of the other ones, there was gay and there was lesbian. But then at the same time, there was a different box for... Um, gay female which I thought was a lesbian and also even better an MSM what's MSM I hear you ask men who has sex with men so that's an option as different to gay which I didn't know because you know, call me ignorant but I kind of thought that if you were a man you know and you had sex with another man hey it's gay like do you know what I mean but apparently not. Apparently, you can be a man who just has sex with men, but doesn't you identify being gay? Which you know, I, I I'm gonna maybe argue this one and go, mm, it's, that that's like all I'm saying is that if you're a man and you have sex with men, that's that's a little bit gay. Like you know, that's that's virgin on gay. Like. So I thought, but apparently it's different. It's how you identify. Where I started getting confused was about like gender fluidity and stuff. That was when it sort of got difficult. Like I get you can be transgendered and you believe that you're born in the same body. That's how it feels to you or the wrong body. That's how you feel. I can understand that. I can accept that's a thing. Um, it is confusing, certainly. Um, to think because initially I would have thought, well, you know, if you're you're only only what you know is what you know. So, you know, how would you know what if you're in the wrong body? I always think that if you had an operation and you regretted it or whatever, that you know you can't go back. But then I didn't realize that it's not necessarily the actual physical removing of bits or adding the bits. It's like how you feel and how you perceive it. So then there's like treatments and stuff to make you, you know, reduce your testosterone or increase your your uh, hormones, your female hormones and stuff. And very confusing. But the only thing, like as I say, my motto is if you're sound, doesn't matter what you are. Do you know what I mean? But the only issue that I have in terms of genders and stuff is like the safety if people are wanting to do sports. And they like change genders. For example, if I decided to ch- that I was a female, I wanted to become female, and then I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna be a fighter." You know, I still would have size and strength, 
and if I was trained properly, could probably be quite dangerous, you know. But apparently, that's something that's being pushed now is that the transgender athletes and stuff can compete, um, as the gender that they are and that they have maybe become, you know. But I think that's maybe something that needs looked at, and it'd probably be quite sound quite draconian there for me. But that's just you know how I feel. It would go like to the same extent if you're currently in a female body and you trans um gender yourself into being a man and you go go boxing, you know, I think men would have you know, you would have probably a smaller frame and would be more likely to get injured. Like bone density and stuff, like women seem to have less bone density than men and they're more prone to like get osteoporosis and stuff when they get older, so you know to me that's that's an area that you you, you can never fully um, go to the level of equality some people wish. But again, you know there definitely needs to be more understanding to it. There needs to be more awareness. I thought the course was very good, very eye opening. Um, but also at the same time, you know people need to be made aware. Like there's some stuff going on at the minute. Like if you want to to transition. Um, from a man to a woman, you have to dress like what is perceived as being effeminate. So you have to like wear a wig and like high heels and stuff, which to some people is, you know, patronising, and you can totally understand that. You know, like you you don't have to be a super effeminate woman. You know, some women like to just kick back and tracks at bottoms have short hair, whatever, they're comfortable like that, so it's a bit unfair you have to wear wigs. But that's all stuff that I, I wasn't aware of. And now I feel like the back of it, that I'm more knowledgeable. Um, I'm, I'm probably more aware of perhaps issues that there are and that people maybe feel uh, in society that they're still struggling with. And most importantly, I'm a bisexual. Do you know what I mean? So to anybody else out there that's maybe like, Oh, I, Chris Hemsworth, a handsome guy. You're bisexual now. Beckham, pretty cute guy, bisexual. So, there's probably way more bisexuals out there than you would think. But hey, I'm happy to be a leading light for bisexuals. You know, myself and Duncan from Blue, we, we'll happily take it. You know, yeah, I'm getting married to a woman, but hey, I don't care. I'd like to be the, I will be the face of bisexuality. But no, it felt like we're getting into a wee bit of a bit of deep territory there. Like this podcast, we don't like to get deep in this podcast. We like to keep it silly. But before we get too silly, there is one thing that I had to, I had to talk about. I, I saw a story this week that um, blew my mind. It uh, of a similar theme of the what's appropriate and what's not, and what's how society view things and blah blah blah. This particular story I saw was in relation to babies and um, consent that babies must give before a parent can change their dirty nappy. Now, if you haven't seen this story, it honestly sounds like it's made up for something like brass eye or whatever. But I shall I'll read it. Um, from the independent uh the headline sexuality expert criticized for suggesting parents ask their babies permission before changing their, na- their nappy 
Just before we get into it, all I'm saying is Holly's five months old, very intelligent for age. Yo, she can't speak player, so how am I supposed to ask? Do you know what I mean? But a sexuality expert says parents should ask their child's permission before changing their nappies so that they can set up a culture of consent. Diane Carson made a suggestion on ABC News during a segment about teaching consent to young children, and many viewers have since expressed their confusion over the idea. According to Carson, who describes herself as a sexuality educator, speaker, and author, um, she stated that a culture of consent needs to start at birth. You know, I totally for consent. I believe it's something that people maybe need to be taught on. It's definitely a grey area too, because obviously we've seen things get a little bit... Uh, heated regarding the 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 Ulster Rugby rape trial and what was consent and what was not. So it's all sort of brought it to the fore. But to me, this is just, it's, it's too far. It's ridiculous. So she suggests that parents ask infants questions such as, I'm going to change your nappy now. Is that okay? Because referring to babies, Carson admitted that they will not verbally respond. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because as I said, Holly can't speak. She said, of course, a baby's not going to respond. Yes, mum, that's awesome. I'd love to have my nappy changed. Um, good because I'm her dad and that would be weird um, but if you leave a space and wait for body language and wait to make eye contact then you're letting the child know that their response matters according to Carson who works with children from 3 years old parents need to introduce these ideas early um, all I'm going to say is whenever Holly has done a poo or a pee she lets you know about it it's not a case of her going um, I'm going to like, you're not going to do anything to her other than clean her nappy. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not going, ugh. But, like, she's screaming, going, yo, I'm fully sitting in my own shit. It's not comfortable. Just, you got to change. Like, if anybody in their right mind talks to a baby like that, you, you need to get, you, if you know somebody that's doing that, get on the phone. Get the DOC, T-O-R-A. S-O-U-T-T-O-T-H-E-M A-S-A-P Rocky Because there's It's insane Like I, yeah I talk to my baby And sing songs and stuff But I don't like ask her legit questions That I expect a response to And if there ever came a day um, Where she's still a baby And I ask her something She speaks back to me I will need a nappy myself For I will shit myself Like why the hell are you speaking? What the fuck's going on here, you weird little three-man-and-a-baby freak? Stop it. This woman, I, I just think this sexuality expert needs to... She needs to go on a holiday because she's lost the plot. I just turned into an old da fella there. Here, see her, she's fucking... She's purely lost the plot, that woman. Do you know? And yeah, like, Holly is getting a bit more alert and like she can communicate a bit better she laughs a lot she smiles a lot she's a great baby but she's not going to go to me you she just she, when she's done her business she wants changed do you know what i mean and then what happens if like their bottoms are a bit sore and you need to put like pseudo cream on it or something do you know you have to go here look i know i've cleaned you up and i've got and i'm just assuming because it's a bit red and sore looking your wee bottom can i put this cream on it's strange you shouldn't be a parent if that's the way you're getting on you know in my opinion and like yeah, she's getting more alert and with it. But even at that, like she got this week scared of me for the first time ever. And it was it was a horrible moment. I was carrying her. Um I was doing something like I think it was maybe 
making her a bottle or something. But she was in my in my arm, and I was using my other hand to concoct the bottle because I'm like super skillful now with my my my, my weak hand. But when I did that, I sneezed, and when I sneezed, I must have jolted her. But my God, she—that's the first time I've ever seen her afraid. Her face went from smiling to full like sad, lower lip out, and then just full screaming, and like it was hysterical screaming. I was giggling a bit because I saw her wee face go, and it was just cute. But she was terrified, so I had to just nurse her for a wee bit and be like, "Look, you be all right." Um, but it was the one I felt so guilty. You know, it was like, "Oh, what have I done?" This poor wee thing was bawling her eye, like screaming, full red face and just screaming in my ear. Um, but that's it, it, you know, teaches me. She was frightened, a frightened, frightened little girl, which worries me because um, as she grows up, I hope she's not a big scaredy cat like me. Um, I went to see The Strangers 2 last night, Pray by Night, and yeah, very scary very scary now I like horror films I don't know if I've spoken too much about this before in the podcast but I like them I watch them I like the wee <clears throat> of being scared not like turning into a horse but the wee <clears throat> wee flutters <clears throat> it scared me <clears throat> I like the feeling of being scared and I've always enjoyed horror movies and I like the first Strangers film didn't know too much about the, the there was a second so went to see that last night kind of without much knowledge but it was frightening um, I like it because the Strangers films, because they're like about stuff that you could imagine happening. Do you know what I mean? You could actually believe that kind of stuff could happen. Whereas a lot of horror films are just ridiculous. Like see the whole like paranormal type stuff. I, I don't really buy into that that much. You know, I find it a bit strange. Like the whole demons and all. I don't know if I believe all that. Because I also think at the end of the day... If there are demons, there's a god, and the god should be more powerful than demons. So if he knows the demons are there, if he's all seeing, all knowing, why doesn't he just come and eliminate the demons? Do you know what I mean? And then the ultimately ridiculous things like Jeepers Creepers. I was watching that for the first time, and I thought it was brilliant up until the creeper dude just grew a full set of bat wings. Like, fuck off. If you're a script editor, you should go, man, this is a pretty good script. But this dude grew wings, so what you should do is be sacked. And the script should be taken. You should uh, fold it up into like little quarters. Um, you should put it really tight into a bag, mask and tape it around like it's like a bag of cocaine. Just put a whack of Vaseline on it and place it into your bottom. Because it's shit. And shit that out like the shit that it is. But The Strangers 2 was great. Um, again, like the first Strangers I went to see, I, I went without much knowledge of what to expect. The first one I actually went to because I was super hungover as a student. Went to see Step Brothers first and stayed in the cinema and then went to see Strangers. Worst decision ever. Because I was just buzzing after Step Brothers thinking that's hilarious. Went and watched The Strangers, scared the shit out of me. Like this one last night, the second one, was probably, you know, it was about instead of, you know, like you know in the weird podcast, normally... I just do spoilers and then give you a spoiler alert. But this week, just know it's coming. I'll give you the spoiler alert at the end. But it was about a family of four who ended up going to see, like, one, their uncles or, or like, the, the mum's uncle in this caravan park. And they're going to stay with them for a few days. But the strangers had already been there and they were just essentially terrorising people for fun. Like, 
you know what I mean? That's scary in itself. You don't need a reason to do it just because you feel like it because you're clearly a psycho. That's what these guys were doing. But it was jumpy. It was terrifying. And it also made me afraid to open my curtains this morning. I was up nice and bright and early before the sun. And I was like, nah, let's leave these curtains closed until the... uh, until the sun comes up and then I'll check outside just in case there was like a little girl with a Betty Boop mask or a guy with a sack on his head. <laughs> and I'd also back myself if I was in a horror film until like I actually realised I was in, in one. Do you know what I mean? Like if I was in a horror film, I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't go up the stairs. I wouldn't scream. I'd hide in quiet. I'd stand behind the door, wait for the dude to come in and then just chop his ears off or whatever. i fucking get him. But in reality, I probably just go ah, get away from me. I'm terrified. But no, it was it was such a film, and I reckon recommend you watching if you like horror movies. It's pretty cool too. It's some nice cinematography, some nice music, some classic eighties tunes. It, it felt like a wee bit of a there's a bit of nostalgia there. It was a good show, and obviously the critics are panning it. But you know what? Critics know shit all. They look for all sort of stuff like characterization and fuck off. You know, it was a family. They've gone somewhere. Psychos want to kill them. That's it. It's a horror film. It's a slasher. Deal with it. And that's my review. And if I was given something out of five, I'd give it four. Because it wasn't the best horror film I've ever seen. But it was very good. So there you go. Spoiler alert. That's what happens in it. Oh, and by the way, the parents die. So. (laughs) That's just a real spoiler. That was a dick move. But hey. You'll enjoy it because everyone normally dies in a horror movie anyway, don't they? So, you know, don't hold a grudge against me. I'm sorry. Anyway, we're nearly done with another podcast. So, just to finish off, um, I shall go through the listeners' questions, which this week I must say were great. We got more than normal. We're, as I say, we're starting in motion. We're starting in movement. You know, the we- we're weirdos. Spread the word. The more questions I get, the more the podcast can growing the more we can get into it and the more crack we can have really you know oh such a dad sentence just sometimes i just want to shut my own mouth maybe i should just bite down on this microphone electrocute myself scundered uh anyway first question on twitter is from andrew noble who asks short and simple coffee or tea um again i I can't choose which i prefer i like a coffee in the morning to start my day as I've said, I enjoy that. But like, if I were to, re- if I was having, if I was having a treat and I was like having a chocolate bar or something, I like that with a cup of tea. So, um, you know, different horses for different courses. If I had to choose one that I couldn't do without, it would be coffee. So technically, coffee, but I prefer tea as a treat. Glenn Lindsay, what is your go-to meal from McDonald's? Well, Glenn, as you're well aware, I'm a physique guy. Don't go to McDonald's um, anymore. You know, because when I did, you know, five days a week was a bit excessive. But um, I'd mainly just be McDonald's these days if I was hungover, which is few and far between too, because I'm an exciting guy. But no, if I was going to McDonald's, it'd have to be a large Big Mac meal um, with a chocolate milkshake. Probably get like six chicken nuggets as well. And if they have like, bits of cheese like just deep fried cheese whether it be mozzarella sticks or camembert or whatever i get that and i get curry dip 
as well. And that would be my go-to McDonald's. The Big Mac. Probably a McFlurry as well, if I had the choice. I like a caramel McFlurry. If I'm going all out, I'm super hungover and I need to feed the beast. I go for that. Now, Instagram, where the questions are... Um, much longer, actually. Um, starting off with the... I'll start off with the two, Chris's because you those guys are... are they are the... They're basically like my co-host to Chris's. So, cheers for... For that again, guys, Chris Henning. Well, Dave, another cracker podcast last time round, hung over to the deck. Amen, brother, just about better. Um, the podcast, uh, the Boytown podcast also had me in stitches. Pass me the on sale, I need my coat, have me doubled over. Anyways, one week left until the show at the Strand. How are you feeling about it? Um, I touched on that a wee bit earlier, but um, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Whenever you get a new show or you get new material, um, you feel like you just want to get out and you want to do it. You know, whenever you're doing old stuff, it's a bit hard to get motivated. It's hard to maybe deliver it with the same gusto or believe in it as much as you did when you first started doing it. So, yeah, I'm buzzing. Well, I'll definitely do the show again. So this will be a first out. And I've done a lot more sets to work the material over. So hopefully by next Friday, I'll have a good, strong R comedy. And if you're going, if you're going, Chris, hope you enjoy it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And it's getting reviewed, so if you do go laugh like, you know, help a brother out, you know what I'm saying? Um, Chris Barr said, Hey Dave, following on from the wedding theme from last week, check out this weird marriage. Okay, go into it. See, once again, the triple barrel. We intro, story, and then a question. And this story is... um, it's on the Daily Star website, so obviously it's shit. Um, here we are. I mean the website, not the story. Sorry, Chris, I'm not disrespecting you. Um, that's why it's taking an eternity to get out. Okay, woman that married a Ferris wheel renews vows after a roller coaster love story. Ha <laughs> ha, great pun. A woman that married a Ferris wheel last year has renewed her vows with the handsome amusement park ride Bruce after years of ups and downs. You know, I must admit these these uh, puns are actually so lame. They're decent. Linda Ducharme from Florida felt the time was right to reinstate her voice with the Skydiver, a Ferris wheel style attraction earlier this year as part of a documentary that looks into people that love objects. She previously worked as a pilot and been involved in a relationship with a plane before Bruce. She was then later sacked as a train conductor because she came intimate with a train. What the fuck? She explained in the show she first how she felt when she met Bruce in 1982. My heart was pounding as we went up the platform and got on the ride. I felt like I was being taken by this ride. I got this weird feeling I can't explain. Yeah, it's probably the feeling that you need tablets for your fucking insane brain. Um, but her obsession with objects fits strangely in the fact that Florida is one state yet to accept same-sex marriage. So what's weird, right, is that Florida you can't get married if you're the same sex. However, if you want to marry an innate object, you can. That's so fucked up. He's, that's so fucked up. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty... That's really weird. Uh, it gets to the point now, Chris, that I'm actually... I don't know where to go from that. Um, that's a weird marriage. Yeah, the wedding last week wasn't as weird. But my question this week is, can you please elaborate on the snippet you gave us last week? Of you and a mate stripping in the water margin, that story deserves to be told. Um, yeah, I think I've I've told this one before, but I'll, I'll quickly go over it. Um, long story short, it was a mate of mine's birthday. Um, 
he we were throwing a party for him. It was we were going to watch a rugby match during the day, and we got set up with a with the hospitality at the stadium, free drinks. Um, I got the Ravenhill, got in, got drinks, smashed about eight pints or so. Um, at about midday, watched the rugby, went back to our my house with a load of the others. We drank a bit more, got a bottle of Buckfast in me, headed to the water margin for dinner. Um, bad idea. Um, so we went in, thought, you know what, people here need to see um, a, bit of, a bit of nudity here. So the guys were just going to get up, get on the table, do a dance, get the shirts off. This is what people want to see. They need to liven up the mood. So myself and my Phil, we got up, started dancing with our shirts off. Then a few of our other friends, I use that term loosely, tried to say, yo, get down, um, put your shirt back on and behave. But you know what I said to them? I said, And you know what I did? Took my trousers off as well, fully naked on the table in the water margin. Then at that point, uh, sort of dawned on me what I was doing. I was buzzing. I was listening to that Rage Against the Machine in my head, doing whatever I want. Looked around, saw everyone in the restaurant staring at me, men, women, children, and I realised I've gone a step too far. And um, pulled up my uh, trousers and, and left. Really embarrassed. Tail between my legs. I was going to say, but it's not long enough to tuck between there. Um, so I just got up and left. And I'm just thankful that that happened about a decade ago because if it happened now for sure I'd be arrested for sure I'd be put in the register and for sure I'd have that hanging over me you know so thankfully we got away with that one um, and I've learnt my lesson and also um, the water margin shut down so you know technically I won Adam Swan podcast question mate I had a pretty rough night last night on the drink. Um, I think that's drink. You mean, mate, you're sort of in the wrong tense there. But, hey, who am I to judge? <laughs> After a hard night of getting well and truly lubricated, what's your routine or remedy? Keep it lit with the podcast. It's good crack. Cheers, Adam. I appreciate that. Um, getting well and truly lubricated. I assume you mean drinking, not, like, literally lube. Because what I would do if I'm just literally lubed is, you know, put my gimp suit on and just have a great time. <laughs> But uh, if it's drink, what I would do, my routine would be, I try to drink about a pint or two of water before I go to bed, and then the next day, just go to McDonald's, eat a load of shit food, drink a lot of water, and, uh, you know, just hope I can get through the day without dying. Like, after the wedding last weekend, I was hungover for about three days, and uh, tried to get sleep on board, I just didn't have the partial recovery that I once had. You know, once you hit your 30s, your ability to drink just nosedives, like that, woman that's married the roller coaster no right down into her bits you know it was just not um not a good time so to be honest my routine would have probably been have some some shit food whether that be mcdonald's subway's also a good call i like a subway I like to get a foot long chicken and bacon ranch lettuce onion subway sauce boom italian herb and cheese bread um and then have doritos and uh, Mountain Dew with that, and that was sort of my go-to recovery. And of course, normally you're, you're hungover on a Sunday, so get the Sunday papers. The Sunday world and the Sunday life, because I love fiction. 
and also love to see what all the wee cheeky paramilitaries are up to so that's what I would do um, and lastly the question is from John Joe Flood hey Dave firstly I want to start a, with a big fuck you to the mayor of Hollywood hashtag justice for Holly automatically number one dude this week John Joe cheers for that I appreciate it. let's get that hashtag out there justice for Holly and see a mayor of Hollywood w- watch it because I'm, I'm gunning for you I'm not threatening to kill him just in case he does hear it and he's like flip angle go police because I'm being threatened I'm not threatening to kill you but hey I'm, I'm running for Mayor of Hollywood one day and I'll make sure my daughter will win this award she deserves whether that be as an adult I don't care she deserves it and she'll get that bloody award yet anyway Secondly, given Shane's gin-filled transformation last gin-filled gin-fueled transformation last week, it looks like scientists in Japan have discovered a way to distill alcohol from wood. See those Japanese, like they're geniuses, aren't they? Science and all, with all their wee tricks. Let me see. This. And he sent me a story. Japanese scientists can make alcohol from wood. Fair play, is. Um. Once again, a Sky News website. Slow. Maybe you know. Maybe it's just my computer. <laughs> Drinkers could soon be enjoying a new type of alcoholic beverage after Japanese scientists said they invented a way to produce booze from wood. Researchers from Japan's Forestry and Forest Products Research Institute have been testing the methods of producing drinkable alcohol known as ethanol. Since That's not alcohol, that's ethanol, that's dangerous. Ethanol's made from... Now the drinks they're making from tree bark are similar to drinks aged in wooden barrels and served to customers by 2021. Fair play to you. This sugar was fermented using yeast by avoiding manufacturing process. Blada blada, I'm not getting into science because, you know, I did single award, so I'd just be taking you down the garden path there. So the question attached to that from John Joe is, but my question to you is, would you take a sip of the sweet wood juice? Mm. I would definitely have a go at that Japanese juice, you know, and have I drank delicious liquid that's come from a bit of wood Mm -hmm. before no but i'm bisexual who knows if will or not but guys that's the end of this week's podcast thanks for listening if you haven't already get tickets to my show at the strand cinema on the 18th of may only six quid bring your own bring your fans you know your fans friends what am i like i just think everyone's like me and don't have friends it's the fans (laughs) get to the show and as i said subscribe and rate the podcast five stars give me questions every week and let's keep this thing going see you next week